This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It was 18 to 4. No drama. LSU takes, as you heard, their seventh national title. More impressive than that, the SEC has won five of the last six College World Series titles. We have to say this every year. There wasn't one for COVID. And it's five different teams. There have been many years where, like, uh, the ACC will win, you know, several NCAA basketball championships in a row. Or, like, in the 90s, we won, like, Half of them, you know, between Duke and UNC. But it's like Duke and UNC. Five different teams winning titles in six years is pretty impressive to me for ESPN. Um, LSU started the season number one. They finished the season number one. But also, I had to think, watching this last night, if you're Wake Forest, you're like, we were there. We were right there. We beat this team. And then we only had to win one of the last two. With extra innings, couldn't get it done. Could have been a Wake Forest championship team, uh, but we don't get it. With the, uh, by all accounts, several of the top players are going to get drafted. We're playing in this series, um, so that's cool to see the best players there. But maybe, maybe Wake Forest will be great for the next four or five years. Maybe they'll be back to the College World Series, but I don't know. We Virginia had a little bit of, ru- of a run there, but typically ACC teams don't make three and four consecutive year appearances in the College World Series, which is often what it takes to actually crack in and win the whole darn thing. I know we've seen UNC there. I know we've seen Virginia there. Sure, we've seen Florida State there over the years. Now we've seen Wake there. It just doesn't come as often. Uh, So we'll see when they get back. Also, I did say five of the last six College World Series champs came from the SEC. But of course... There's an asterisk on asterisk. Did I say that right? An asterisk on that Vanderbilt title because NC State got screwed. Never forget. Yeah. Hashtag pack. Eleven. What, what, what were they going to try and play with? Like eleven dudes or something like that. Were you, were you, were you, you may not have been producing sports at this time. Maybe it not. Was, I might have been just music. It was still. Uh, I don't know. We should. This should. We should like revisit this. NC State. It was the year after COVID. It wasn't 2020. It was 2021, but everybody was still getting tested. And I won't get the details right. I, I guarantee if we say right now, hey, somebody call and remind me exactly what went down with NC State and the COVID, a mad NC State fan will call right now. 860-5326. Remind me what the COVID situation was. 919-860-5326. Uh, but State basically got screwed um, because they even had enough dudes to play that hadn't, uh, didn't test positive. But then there was the whole contact tracing thing. I do remember. You've been around people. Yes, And so yes. they didn't get a chance to play. I do remember that. A bunch, um, of, a bunch of guys were wiped out from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so asterisk on your title, Vanderbilt. We're not letting you get away with that. Next up, getting out the gate. The PGA Live Papers. That's what we're going to call them around. We finally got a contract. Remember when we first got a deal, it was like, there's a deal between PGA and Live. Like, what is it? Like. Don't worry about it. It's just a deal. Yeah. Well, the deal is they still don't have a deal. Right. Here's the actual deal. They were suing each other 
and the PGA didn't know, didn't like how the lawsuit was going on their side, and they were going to have to give up a bunch of information, and they probably weren't going to win. And the Saudis' whole goal was not to run uh, some fantastical golf league where dudes wear shorts and bros, you know, uh, chug beers and, and throw. Uh, the Saudis right. don't have interest in running this. No. They were doing, as has been done in the past with expansion leagues, you do what you can to disrupt so that the actual league has to either take you in or at least sort of bring you to the table. Right. Um, the NFL has, has seen this. And at times, the NFL, when they were less powerful, had to at least, you know, talk to uh, other teams. And when the NFC merged with the AFC back in, the, back in the day, NFL and AFL back in the day, right? More recently, people have tried to start up leagues to disrupt the NFL. And it's like, no, 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 we're too powerful. Mm-hmm. PGA thought they were, thought they could keep all their players together, but... When when it comes to monopoly money, I'm yeah. just when people are splashing just billions <laughs> on billions around, it's nothing. So basically, what we found out in the papers was how much of this deal was not about a business deal and was about avoiding the litigation. Um, hey, it's Adam Golden. I'm in studio with my friend Coach Pete Deruder with the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Is it ever too soon to seek out you and your expertise? Really, there's no too soon. It's time to get serious. So if you're 50 or over, we call it the financial red zone. And that's when really it's time for you to take control of your money and and make sure you have a firm on your side that's a fiduciary planning firm, which means they take your side at all times. Now, we'll do this for the next 10 of you who call. This is a $1,000 value, but I'm going to waive my planning fee to make sure you get your total retirement plan and you get on the right path for retirement. Call 888-843-0013-888-843-0013 or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. There was one quote specifically from Jay Monahan. I wish I had it in front of me. I thought I wrote it down somewhere. But it was basically about, uh, here it is. I recognize everything that I've said in the past and in my prior positions, said Monahan, a leading architect of the deal, said this month. I recognize that people are going to call me a hypocrite. Anytime I said anything, I said it with the information that I had at that moment, and I said it based on someone that's trying to compete for the PGA Tour and our players. I accept those criticisms, but circumstances do change. Maybe, but here the circumstances the change was like you thought it was going to be one way and it didn't end up being that way. Uh, so, again, there's no – the news is that there isn't really a lot of news in these papers. They have yeah. until the end of the year to figure out exactly what the deal is. Um, and it's just real murky. It was put together that basically – it basically all the paper is is a white flag. But the PGA waved and said, all right. Stop the lawsuit. That was the the main two points, the only two things they agreed on. Right. Literally. And I don't have to be a lawyer. My good friend David Glenn used to host the show, and he'd be like, a lawyer, I can break down the legal things, right? (laughs) Yeah. There's no, like, legal agreement of who's running what league. There's there's loosely some structure about the PGA technically is in charge of what to do with this team golf format that was called Live Golf. But Live Golf has, you know, not only a seat at the table, but a, a large stake and a large voice at the table. The only two things that are agreed upon in the, the paper we saw that basically is the PGA Live Golf Agreement is, one, we're not suing each other anymore. Yep, that's over. Nobody likes that. It's too much truth that has to be told when you sue <laughs> yeah, people. People get deposed. <laughs> people, you know, swear to tell the truth. Yep. People have to start re- revealing their books. Nobody likes nope. that. Ne- revealing books. Rich people hate that. Yeah. Hate it. Right? Let's Stay talk out of my about books. This. Let's, uh... So they agreed to stop the lawsuit and stop all the uh, discovery that was going on there. And number two, 
They agreed to not say bad things about each other. Okay. Literally. They said, we'll stop saying bad things about each other. You'll stop bringing up 9-11 every, you know, uh, Jay Monahan, and uh, we'll stop... Um, I don't know, whatever whatever we were saying. Call, mm-hmm. We'll stop talking about how much more money we have to give your players than you do. So, um, again, the, 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 the stark reality is they didn't agree to a business deal. They agreed to stop suing each other and stop fighting, and the PGA uh, waved the white flag. Next up, the NHL awards were last night in Nashville. Now, let me tell you something. The NHL gets a few things right. One... I like that they do an award ceremony. It's super cool. I know not everybody shows up, but they do it coupled with their draft. You get a bunch bunch of people already in the same place. You get a few more people in the same place. You give out some awards. You make it a night of it. Did I watch them? No, I did not. But I think it's just a cool concept and the right way to do it, right? Have Mm -hmm. your little community. The other thing they get right, by having it in a ceremony... They announce all of their awards in like two hours or three hours or whatever it takes, right? That's quick. Baseball, NFL, NBA, I'm pretty sure all of those, they give you the awards drip, as I like to call it. Here's the best defensive player. Uh-huh. Here's tomorrow or next week or next month in our offseason, you'll get the best coach. You'll get the – and then finally you get like the MVP or whatever. Dude – just give me the awards. Yeah. If the votes are tallied, give me the Just awards. Do it. Pick a time and give me all the awards. So the NHL, you get it right in that regard. Yes. Give me all the awards in one night. I'll even let you space them all out and not tell them to me all at once. You can give me a release at the end of the night. That's fine. Not the drip, drip, drip of the other annoying ones to like drag out and make talk, talking points every day. Now, what the NHL gets wrong, you know I've got to go here. Uh I know, like, hardcore hockey fans will probably hate me for this. The names are ridiculous. (laughs) The hockey player names? No, 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 not not the names of the player. The names of the awards. Gotcha. Because hockey expects us to know what all their awards mean. So it can't be Connor Connor McDavid winning the MVP award. No. Which then we could just have stupid debates. Is it was it most valuable to your team or most (laughs) outstanding overall? Well, whatever. We know what MVP is supposed to mean, whatever our definition of it is. But it's got to be the Hart Trophy. Yeah. Or the Vesna Trophy or the Jack Adams or the Selkie. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say the E at the end. <laughs> that's the, that's like It's intimidating to me to even say the names of the award right. for fear that I'll say it wrong and so have hockey there. people get mad at me. <laughs> so why can't we just say Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Best Defensive Forward, Best Rookie, Let's use the universal terms that we all use, and you can keep these names on the trophies. Got to be different. The Connor McDavid won his third MVP award, and he was given the Hart Trophy. Why can't we just keep it like that? I think in their tweets they did say MVP and Hart Trophy, but you'll see Hart Trophy a lot more than you'll see MVP. Yeah. Here's my thing. I looked at the uh, – first of all, I tried to look for, like, hurricanes where they showed up at the awards. Spoiler alert, they did not. Don't go looking deep for them. It's not Occasionally, there. they showed up at the top five. But again, that's kind of, A, the Canes' M.O. is everybody contribute, everybody be a little bit danger- dangerous, get points from everywhere, don't let the team key on one people, wear a team down with our team energy, team grind, beat you in the third period when we've got more than you, we, yeah, we, we wear you down. Spread the work around. That type of stuff. Um, however, that what might also speak to 
why the Hurricanes sometimes seem to dry up a little bit in the playoffs. Maybe we need Andrei Svechnikov or Sebastian Ajo to be a guy that's, you know, getting in the top 10 votes of the Hart Trophy. You know, that whether that's because they're scoring a bunch or a bunch of assists or just, you know, elevating that level of play or whatever it might be. I mean, I would bet a lot of times if Ajo or Svechnikov were to go on just a tear in the playoffs, so they don't have to win the whole thing, team goes to the Eastern Conference Finals or Stanley Cup Finals, and one of those guys is, like, averaging more than, you know, a point and a half a game or something like that, then the next year they could have just one of their regular, solid, regular seasons and the decent, decent chance that their profile yeah. would be raised and they'd get voted up there. So such such is how it goes. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, for example, getting voted up there in Florida. Although I don't know when voting happens for um, – these awards. Is it right at the end of the regular season? Is that the playoff? Question. I, don't I think know. so. Um, all right, but here's my thing. Connor McDavid, they have first place votes, second place votes, third place votes, fourth place votes, fifth place votes. So everybody, like, you're voting, you turn in your ballot with five names on it. Connor McDavid had 195 first place votes, which is almost all of them, right? Yeah. Then one other dude got a first place vote. And whoever that person who didn't vote Conor McDavid first didn't vote Conor McDavid second. Oh, no. Or third. Oh. Or fourth. Uh-oh. <laughs> voted him fifth. So Conor McDavid got 195 first place votes, then wow. zero second, zero third, zero fourth, and one fifth place vote. Wonder if like, they're who like is this person an Ottawa fan. That was so out of whack. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of. You, this is we have great moments in educating uh, Victoria in local sports history. One time, the ACC announced that Tyler Hansbrough was the unanimous player of the year. And what does unanimous mean to you? Uh, everyone, everyone's on the same page, same board. Literally they, everyone. Yeah, like everyone believes. So if there was two hundred people that voted. And 199 of them, is, yes. is that unanimous? Because if you get a unanimous judgment in MMA, yep, then that right? means all Everyone. the judges so, say so, that you won that fight. I, and I think you're on the right track. I'm just, to clarify, if 199 people voted for something out of 200, is that unanimous? 100, uh, no. No. That would not be. Okay. Yes. So the ACC announces Tyler Hansbrough, unanimous player of the year. They lied. And then somebody says, I didn't vote for him. <laughs> yeah. And now you're in a bit of a pickle. Right. Because either this person is voting is lying, and we probably have a ballot somewhere, and then the ACC had to sheepishly come out and say, well, sometimes if it's really, really, really overwhelming, we just say unanimous. No. It's like, okay, we we can make fun of the one if, if one person is really out, that out of whack or let them write their column defending it. But it ain't unanimous. <laughs> that's not what that it means. Ain't. That's not what the word means. <laughs> and so that's what I that's what I was reminded of when I saw Conor McDavid not only get 195 and then one second place vote, but 195 first place votes and then a fifth place vote. Wow. Um, other ones, Vesna Trophy. We had no, no canes in there. Olmark from the Bruins. The Bruins basically won everything because they were so good. Best Defender, the Norris Trophy. Ah. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Adam Fox, are we calling him an honorary cane? From back, I don't know. I don't know if that people, people are going to get that. Uh, Carlson won his. Uh, Eric Carlson won his third Norris Trophy, uh, Selkie Trophy. I believe this is probably I'm pronouncing it wrong. People will be, will be mad, but I believe this is the best defensive forward. And there we did have the captain Jordan Stahl uh, getting a fourth place finish th- yes. there. And that's what we were talking about, where he. Um, that's where his value shows up, right? Yeah is a lot of it is centering a line and taking out the other team's best player. The Lady Bing, uh, our boy Jacob Slavin, always shows up good for this. He get, got fourth in the voting. He's won that before. Uh, and thanks to a Corey Lavalette tweet, I can tell you exactly where the Canes wrote, uh, ranked in the awards. Again, we said Jordan Stahl got fourth in the Selkie. Aho also got some votes for the Selkie. Uh, Jordan Martinook. Got one fifth place vote. Let him go. It probably was Corey Lavillette or yeah. another, or another <laughs> case. Person. It's okay. okay to give a hometown fifth That's place fine. vote. Okay. Uh, Brent Burns, the Norris Trophy, which I'm thinking he's won before. He finished 10th place. Slavin, 17th place in the Norris. And as I mentioned, fourth for the Bing. And Brendan Moore, I was a little mad. Didn't we finish with the, the second or third best record in the league this year? And we lost Fetchikoff. And we lost uh, Patchy Reddy. I wasn't expecting Brenda Moore to win Jack Adams because I know the Bruins had the Bruins had the best record, but I thought that he'd be in the top five. Yeah. He did finish sixth, so there we go. Uh, next up, getting out of the gate, Dave Lillard. Tune in to a sports talk show on TV, and you will probably hear the name Dame Lillard. He's the big talk right now. My question is this: Here's my big question about Dame Lillard. Because we hear about Dame every season. Anytime it's guy who's a good player, has been good for a while, and still conceivably will be good for a f- few more years. He's not, like, faded, right? He's got a few more years in him. Not ten, but maybe five. Is on a team that has just been underachieving and doesn't seem close to winning a title. We are always like, they got to play somewhere else. We want them to be somewhere else. We want to put them with a team that we've seen be good and need a, need a missing piece. Like the Miami Heat could possibly use him, right? My question is, is this a thing that is actually happening, or is this merely the absence of sports, the vacuum of late June, and so they're just things that people need to talk about? Regardless, the people will talk about them. Here's Kendrick Perkins on being tired of talking about Dame Lillard every offseason. Last three or four years, every single season, we're talking about if Dame is going to force his way out or is he going to go find himself a contender to play for, whatever the case may be. And the answer is, I don't know what Dame wants to do, but I know that I'm actually tired of talking about it because if unless he's going to walk in and say, I'm ready to get it done, then Dame is just going to be in Portland, putting up numbers, winning some games, maybe making it to the playoffs and having an early playoff exit. That's it. It's nothing that the Portland Trailblazers could do to add someone to that roster to make them a championship contender. Again, I'm not sure this is Dame Lillard's fault. I think he's just been a really good player on a mediocre team, and so people are stretching for things to talk about, so we keep talking about Dame Lillard. And he's like a nice guy. So, like, he won't come out and be like, shut up, quit talking about me. Right. That's my take on that. Uh, Next up. Yesterday in the triad, Winston-Salem, North Carolina is the home 
for the last five or six years. It moved. It used to be in Salisbury, I believe, the home of the National Sports Media Association. And they gave out their awards yesterday. Our man Dave Gorin, good friend of the program, uh, is the head of that organization. They give out national awards and state-level awards, uh, which are pretty cool. That's been going on for a number of years. The National Sports Media Awards, Iron Eagle. One broadcaster of the year. We're going to see more of Ian Eagle because I believe he's slated to take over for Jim Nance at the Final Four. Well, Ian Eagle has been the number two guy for their NFL team for a long time. He's been the number two guy on their college basketball for a long time. He's a really good dude. Very interesting guy. Very smart. Um, he's the Brooklyn Nets play-by-play guy. Although, I don't know, now that he's picking up more CBS stuff, maybe he won't be able to. But he's smart. Huge fan. Of Broadway musicals. That's one of the things I like about Ian Eagle. Um, I think he grew up in New York. Um, just a great voice. And I don't know how old he is. He's been, he's one of those guys, he's been around a while, but he also looks like he could give us a good like, 25, 30 years. Oh, yeah. I think he might be in like his 50s, maybe early 60s. No, nah, no, nah, I bet he's in his 50s. Yeah. I bet he can give us 20, 25 years. Um, and then Dan Kelly, NHL and CBS Sports Writer of the Year State Awards. Stan Cotton won his third uh, North Carolina Broadcaster of the Year. I believe we will try and talk to him this week. He's the voice of Wake Forest. Um, got to have a lot of fun with a good bas- a good football season. He's had a good basketball seasons. Um, and I don't know if he does baseball or if somebody else does that. But it's been a good time for uh, Wake Athletics. And, of course... That does mean with him taking over, technically he, these are the winners for 2022. They sort of let people finish. A lot of people are doing sports, yeah. you know, and so they let them wrap up their sports seasons and then they can get more of these people in one place. Because I don't know if you you heard, but there's like less sports going on right it's now. Not a lot going so it's on a lot easier days. to get the sports writers <laughs> and sports announcers to come do your stuff. Um, so Stan Cotton won for the third time, but that does mean Adam Gold. No longer reigning sportscaster of the year. He is your 2021 winner. And maybe we'll see if he can go back and get it again. Go get it, Gold. Go do it. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Carter, the News and Observer Sports Writer of the Year. Uh, what's interesting about that is Andrew Carter used to be a sort of everyday sports writer, was like a beat writer, and then wrote some other stuff. And now he does investigative journalism. Much of it is sports. I would say a lot of the stories he writes are about sports. But he's not an exclusive sports writing, and he's more of like a deep dive guy. So he's writing fewer articles, and you're seeing like less of his work. But then it's a you know it's a big um, did a cool story about uh, you know the city of Kinston and its struggles, but also you know the bat, what basketball means to the city. It's so cool cool stuff like that. And finally, as we get out of the gate, of course, the Adam Gold Show is where you come to get your Concacaf Gold Cup updates. Right? Okay. Where else? I mean, Adam Gold. The Adam Gold Show should be a sponsor of the Gold Cup. I know they named it after him for Pete's sake. But Martinique, there were two upsets last night. Martinique, huge upset over El Salvador. I think. I think it is. I'm pretty sure I checked yesterday on the line. They scored two goals in the first 16 minutes. They held on to win 2-1 over El Salvador, even though they took a red card. Basically, played most of the second half with uh, only two dudes. And their second goal was nice. You have to go look at this. It was. He wasn't like about you know the classic the, the 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 best move in basketball now other than dunking on somebody the way you can most humiliate someone is to break their ankles like you cross <laughs> right. them over you do like a hip right. fake yeah and we don't 
we, we you rarely see a dude all the way fall down in football, but you'll get a similar effect of just like a, you know a shoulder right, fake and a running back. Yeah. This was close to that. Like a dude was being fed a ball, and the defender saw that he could pass off to somebody, and he got his shoulder shimmy faked in a way that made it look like he was gonna dart with the ball, and the. Uh, the defender was I mean, just. Compl- I thought he was going to trip on his own feet when the first time I watched it, and but instead, it just the guy was able to easily dish off to his buddy, got it in. Also, two one Panama over Costa Rica, a small ups- upset there. So, uh, the U.S. back in action, I believe, tomorrow night. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.